Shivani, we bout to party, we bout to party, unrestricted, got the house now, we gon' turn it up, up, bring the house down, got that big space pump and make them bounce now, flossing like they bossing and the freaks are coming out now. Welcome everyone to another edition of AEW Unrestricted. Settle the fuck down. <laughs> God damn it! What the hell? Uh, it's all right. Hey, Tony, what's up? Hey, Tony Shalani, Aubrey Edwards. Hello. And we are joined by Santana and Ortiz. Hey! Yo, yo. Hey. What up, guys? What's up, boys? Without a doubt, one of the greatest tag teams in all of pro wrestling. Oh, stop. No, yes. no, no, real, no real, Yes, 100%. Real. Yeah, and, and two of the good guys. Hey, guys, thanks for being with us. Your fight for the Fallen match, man. Tremendous. Thank you, man. Feel good about that one? Yeah, yeah, it was it was definitely a good one. It was one that we uh, we put a lot into, you know, putting together. And and you know, what more can you say? You know, working with those guys is is, is a, it was a pleasure, and we had great chemistry. And right. unfortunately, you know, things happen, and, and yeah. you know, you got to do what you got to do and roll with the punches. Right. And just glad, uh, you know, everything is good, and let's let's keep it going. Yeah, it was, uh, you had to kind of improvise after the injury yeah. a little bit, mm-hmm. didn't you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. As yeah. professionals do. Well, you know what, that's kind of the art of the business, isn't yeah. it? To have to, when, when things go wrong, you got to improvise. I had no idea what was going on. I just right. heard someone yelling fuck a million times, and I was, <laughs> and I was like, wait, I guess wait. something's wrong. Yeah. Who was yelling fuck a million times? Uh, Paul? Paul was like, no, 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 bud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that was wild. It was a gnarly situation um, because I was on the uh, the top rope with yep. Dax, and I look over, and all I see is like, it, it looked like a water fountain. You know, when you hold a water fountain, blood just yeah. came shooting out of Cash's yep. arm. And he just grabbed it and ran straight to the doctor. Which is smart. And we were freaking out a little bit. Smart. But we were kind of like, all right, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And we we got to it, and we, we did the best we could with the situation. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. And at that point, we just wanted to end the match. And obviously, we didn't know how yeah. badly injured he was. I mean, was, I know uh, there's like a scary. blood feud and whatnot, but like peeking behind the curtain, like we're all obviously worried about cash in this moment, right? Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. We're, we're always taught to, uh, you know, uh, for me, um, you know, day one of pro wrestling, you protect your opponent and you protect absolutely. yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it, it was one of those things where, you know, I, I, I look back at it and I was like, damn, like, what could I, I have done to avoid that situation? What could I have done to uh, maybe, you know, help or whatever? And it's just, it was one of those situations. It was a freak accident. And thankfully, he was good. And, and you know, it was yeah. just keep it going and we're gonna run it back so yeah Uh, we'll get another chance it's an unfortunate situation but i mean like anything in wrestling like you can turn anything into an angle right Mm -hmm. and the fact that it just kind of builds more and both of you guys are considered some of the greatest tag teams in wrestling so the fact that we get to watch more of you do wrestling is i i benefit greatly personally so i'm very excited definitely a cup half full rather than looking at it 100 percent 100 percent so how did you first hear about AEW, and how did you first uh, get approached by coming in here? I, it's a funny story. So I was in the movie theater. I, was, I forgot what movie I was watching, and uh, I got a text on my phone. This was after the first Jericho Cruise. Hold up. You're looking at your phone in a movie theater? 
No, I had gotten a text mm-hmm. while right? he was in the movie. Yeah. While you were in the, in the movie, I just wanted to clarify. <laughs> only because I just wanted only to be, clarify. Only because that you're not an asshole. So let's for check the it. People at home listening. <laughs> okay. You see the the. Heat I'm helping you. Mm-hmm. No, listen. So I took I, 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 I took my phone out of my pocket <laughs> and I put it in the cup holder <laughs> and it 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 fucking lit up. Right? <laughs> I'm gonna check my phone. All right, I'm all right. just saying. I'm okay. And uh, yeah, I got a text, and Trump it was, sprung. and it was uh, the text was from from Cody, and uh, he was just like, "Yo, when are your deals up?" And uh, at that point, we had maybe like a few months left, and uh, he was like, "All right, so when it's up, this is the deal. It's real." And this was before the company was even announced. So this is 2018. Yes. Yeah. There's, There's only rumblings, maybe. Right. On yeah. The, on the internet. Yeah, because right. you guys are still at impact at that point. Yep. 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 Cool. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that there was that, and and I was like, okay, I guess the 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 ball is rolling, and let's go, you know. And then, um, because on the first Jericho cruise was the first time that we got to work with the Bucks and stuff, and we always like to say that that was pretty much our job interview mm-hmm. for, yeah. for getting here, and um, yep. it was a great match, and we had a good time, and those guys were really cool, so yeah, and Cody hit us up, and yeah, once our deal was over, we knew what was up, and then it, it just, it was a wild time. Pretty it was much just the, a wild uh, time. the coolest job interview you could possibly have. Yeah. Probably, wrestling on a damn cruise, <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's awesome, I love it. I can't wait to do it again. So you guys came out with the president's mask set, all out, mm-hmm. attack the bucks. Who's whose idea was that? That was so it was pretty much uh, a joint idea between us and the bucks, and we pretty much put it together. and And I had the idea for the president's mask because I think we were we were on the road doing some indies, and we were going through a Patrick Swayze kick, and we were watching <laughs> we were watching uh, uh, Point Break, Point Break yeah. In, yeah. in the room, and we were like there it is <laughs> yeah that's what yeah, we're yeah. gonna do you know <laughs> when this little hand on the clock hits this it's yeah. time to rock and roll roadhouse and then point break we watched that loop and we were like oh yeah patrick swayze all day patrick swayze is the man a god yeah. right yeah. he's he's a man he's over with us 100 percent. well duh clearly but that's where we got the inspiration for the president's mask yeah. also uh homicide one mm. of our mentors, yep. he used to do kind of president mass and he had something similar. So it, there was definitely inspiration from other places. Mm-hmm. And then we actually asked him about it and he was like, yeah, go for it, rock and roll. But yeah, there was a little bit of that influence as well. Yeah. It was a huge pop when you were unmasked. Did you expect it to be that huge? Man. No. <laughs> so right before we go out, we were um, we were under the, st- the stage, the ramp. The ramp, yeah. So they had us like come out and they gave us a cue and go. So right before we went out, I looked at him and I was like, we're not going to get any crickets. crickets. He looks back at me. So he's in front of me. We're going. It's dark. We're going. And he looks back. He goes, crickets. Way to go, asshole. Yeah. Thanks. But we obviously we got the a completely uh, different reaction than that. We had a really good reaction. It was uh Man, that's that's what we chase as performers, as wrestlers, is right. that ovation that we got that that's night, right. and it was it was insane. It was just like, oh my god, this right. is real. It was such probably one of our coolest moments that I could think. And of. just and just like for us, it was just a, a huge validation for the work that we have put in exactly. for for all those yeah, years, exactly. and and just the sacrifice. Everything just culminated perfectly to that moment, and um, 
that'll be with me forever. Yeah. You know, that moment will definitely be with me forever. I mean, this is the, the fourth show of a brand new company. Yeah. If you're coming out, getting a huge pop, like, insane. because people already know your names. Insane. Yeah, exactly. People insane. already know who you are. Yeah. It's incredible. And then when you're, when you're in it too, when you're you on that grind, you, you're not thinking of any of that. You're working. No. You're just doing your thing. You're, yeah, you're, you're hustling, you're wrestling, you're, you're, uh, you know, for us, you know, we, we always said we're, we're not in this chasing money. We're in this chasing greatness. You know what I mean? And that was the biggest thing for us. So when we had that reaction, it was like, oh, yeah. We did it. Yeah. Fucking greatness. Yeah. I'm in a chasing money, by the way. <laughs> oh, that, <laughs> yeah, you, Tony, I already know. Yes. That's right. Now yes. I'm chasing money. I'm just saying. <laughs> you got you to taste. Yeah. You got to keep going. You'll be at my age one day and just chasing the money. Yeah. <laughs> Before the time runs out, man. <laughs> Trust so, me, I've thanks. Yeah. There we go. You know. There we go. So we got the the president's masks all out, big ovation, lead into first episode of Dynamite. You guys were in the main event, Jericho. When did the talks of the inner circle kind of start? Like, did you guys come into the company knowing that was going to be a thing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was one of the deciding factors for us actually coming into the company because uh, right before we went in, we had offers with uh, to go to WWE or AEW. So we were, you know, we were on the Congrats. fence. <laughs> Thank you. We were on the fence initially, but one of the many other factors, but one of the, 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 the swaying decisions for us was Chris specifically wanted us to be a part of the inner circle. So we were like, wow, man, that's like, and he's a huge, uh, n not to get so long winded about it, but a, a part of our bonding experience, like when we, us, uh, when we started to become a tag team, we both read Jericho's first book, yeah. Lion's Tale. So we, we were like, this is the blueprint to be a wrestler. This is it right here. He was a journeyman. He wrestled everywhere. This is what we want to do. You know what I mean? Watching guys like him, Dean, Eddie, and just we wanted to be a, a true journeyman. And um, we bonded over his first book. So fast forward to us, you know, Cody's just like, yeah, Chris asks for you by name. He wants you to be in his stable. And we were like, being a what? <laughs> like, what's going on right now? Right. What was, world is this? Yeah, exactly. It was just it was just one of those like real weird full circle moments where where we uh, we were like, man, like we bonded over his first book, yeah. and now we're a part of his journey and a part of his, yeah, you know, yeah. his, his legacy. Uh, yeah, we'll be, you know we'll be I mean? tied in with his his career and his legacy. And, it, and, and it's, it's just cool. it was just uh, you know crazy when when you look at it. Like you know, we grew up wa watching him and all these guys and and. Uh, this whole like experience the past two years has been insane yeah. like it's been it's been insane you know just with everything you know that's gone on personally in my life with everything professionally and you know the whole pandemic it's just been crazy insane to answer your question long-windedly yes we, we knew about the inner circle yeah and it was awesome and we just heard about this group that he wanted and we heard sammy was going to be in it and we didn't we didn't hear uh about jake until maybe the week of the day of yeah actually. the day of we heard about jake yeah like, i saw him walking around yeah in dc i was like oh this is interesting yeah. wait a minute <laughs> <laughs> okay but uh, a welcome addition he's the man we're like we we all get along and we we definitely obviously over the two years have developed a a, a legitimate friendship and it's awesome i love working with those guys well we're in october we'll start our third year of aew and yeah. you guys have been in memorable matches big time matches with this company yep well, the Stadium Stampede obviously comes to mind. One and, and two. And Blood and Guts. Oh. But the the street fight stands out, I think, among all of them. <laughs> and one of the things I remember after the street fight was over and we were all like, holy shit, this is one of the greatest things we've ever seen. I remember going down 
and checking on everybody to see if everybody's okay because it looked like you guys had killed each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I remember walking out and Tony was going, yeah. Yeah. Like oh, Tony it does. Awesome. It was an emotional. <laughs> yeah. 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 It so was wild. You, I, I know you guys were banged up. I get, I get, you know, I know you were banged up, yeah. but there had to be a good feeling of accomplishment after that match, which got five stars, yeah. by the way. Um, yeah, we, we knew when it was said and done, we knew it was something special just right. because of Tony's reaction. He yes. just, him coming out, he was so ecstatic. Right. Everybody else was looking at us and they were like, you don't understand what, what just happened. Right. And you know, we're still coming down off the match and we're, right. we're in the zone. So it didn't really fully registered, but then luckily the uh, truck got us to, we went back and watched you know, pretty much they had it right away. Right. We sat down and watched it. We, we we were lucky enough to watch it right after it was done, and we were like, oh, wow. Yeah. You know, and we were, we were anticipating once it aired, and then all the validation that we got from it once it aired, it was it was insane. Yeah. It was awesome. Definitely one of our crowning achievements. Yeah. It was all pretty. All of these crowning achievements. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it yeah. really is. And it, it's, it's crazy because when we were putting the match together and, and talking with best friends and stuff, like, <laughs> it's, it's... I know where this funny. is going. <laughs> I, uh, I remember we're in the locker room and we're putting, you know, some ideas together and I stop in the middle of us talking and I go, guys, I don't, like, I don't it's think... It's and t- Chuck. Yeah, and I, I go, uh, guys, this has to be real. I'm coming at you guys like... I'm going to kill you, motherfucker. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm coming at you, like, full force. <laughs> but like, he was, like, deadpan, no, dead yeah. serious. I yeah. looked at them in like, their like face. Scary, and I was like, scary, like, oh, God, gonna, <laughs> he means it. I I'm might gonna die I'm going to punch tonight. you, you're going to punch me, and we're going to fucking go at yeah. it. Right. You know what I mean? And I think that's what this this match needed. Uh-huh. And and uh, thankfully, <laughs> at first, it was so funny seeing their reactions. They're like, so we're going to have to fucking fight yeah. <laughs> they, they had like a oh, okay yeah, I, I was like, real, like, like oh, I was shit, already yeah. in the zone I was getting myself hyped up and, yeah, and just yeah. whatever and I was like we're gonna fucking go at it right like we're gonna go right. you know what I mean whatever happens happens uh, we'll say sorry later but right. let's let's get it yeah. you know what I mean and um yeah thank <laughs> it was so it was just a funny I, I wish I could have uh had a video of their faces it was pretty <laughs> like they're the such nice guys too you know yeah, what i mean yeah. so i think they, they didn't deserve that i think my favorite part of hearing you say all of that is like the first thing i picture in my head is the trunk opening and orange cassidy popping out the best <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, or like even then like oh my god what was it It was north carolina i think the first time bojangles were like you open the door in the bathroom and orange cassidy's yep, there yeah, yeah. there's just so many like like there's this hard hitting moment yeah. and someone's going to fucking die because Santana's going to kill him and then Orange Cassidy. Yeah. <laughs> and then we had another one where I think I forgot where it was. Where, the ring. Yeah. Where was we, <gasps> we go under the, the ring, the ladder oh and he's God. laying on the ladder. <laughs> yeah. Just and we, we try to keep it up. We were like, we have to keep this gag up like where right. everywhere we go, we go to do something or whatever. And Orange Cassidy is there. <laughs> just right. there. No just reason. hanging out. Yeah. Just yeah. the fuck was he doing? Why didn't we have an in-stadium stampede? Yeah, that would have been great. <laughs> yeah. He probably would have been like, I'm not staying up till 5 a.m. This the fuck is you true. <laughs> He's smart. Exactly. He's a smart man. A smart man. You guys will find out the longer we go, the more she books shit. Okay. <laughs> 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 and we're talking to Santana Ortiz. We're going to talk about when they first started teaming. When we continue on. <laughs> I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> This 
is AEW Unrestricted. Aubrey and Tony here with the wonderful and talented Santana and Ortiz. We're talking a little bit about memorable matches at AEW, joining AEW, just all these amazing moments and whatnot. There's plenty more, more than we could fit in this whole episode. But I want to talk a little bit about kind of how we came to this moment because you guys have been tagging together since 2011. Yep. October. So almost 10 years. Yep. We were talking about before we started recording. And you guys started as... I always forget the order, but it's basically entertain your fucking balls off. Hell yeah. <laughs> EYFBO. EYFBO. That yeah. was our initial tag, uh, team name. We were a uh, a parody of like LMFAO. We oh, I get it now. That was the team. Because the hair. It was all yeah, his yeah, shitty yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, it worked to a certain extent, <laughs> I, right? I will bury it okay. to this day. But, but like if it had worked out, like it would have been your idea. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, That's exactly no, what it would have been. Yeah, yeah. I got you. I got yeah. you. I got you. <laughs> But yeah, that's because we didn't know what to do in the very beginning. We just wanted to wrestle. And um, I'm just naturally, I'm a clown. I've always been in my family you and stuff like that. It. And I'm very cheesy. I like, you know, I have a very uh, cheesy sense of humor. So I was all about being the the loud, very, yeah, exactly. Pops <laughs> <laughs> me every time. So, you know, and, and our, our whole dynamic was I was more of the comic one. He, he was more straight laced, but yet we worked in a way. And we kind of found our, our niche doing that. But uh, yeah. We, uh, like I stated earlier, we started with uh, Jericho's book. We, we, we started working with each other. Uh, we both went to wrestling school separately, and then uh, we met at a, at a show, and uh, he was just looking for a job at the time. He had just came back from Puerto Rico. I was working as a loss prevention uh, specialist, right? LPS. Exciting. Yeah, loss prevention what, specialist. What a title. Yeah. Loss prevention at, at specialist. Borders Books. Borders yeah. Books. Wow. While paying my way through wrestling school. That's yeah. what I was doing. Yeah. That's, That's pretty cool. Yeah. So we both worked at Borders Bookstore, and all we did was talk wrestling. We were talk wrestling during our yeah. whole entire shift, and we would get in trouble with our managers because we'd be uh, like on the mic. Like right. talking to each other about like, yo, we have to watch this match later on. Oh, like different parts of the story. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're doing is talk about wrestling because at that time we were just completely engulfed in it. That's all we wanted to do twenty four seven. And um, this is before we had kids and everything, so wrestling was everything to us. So uh, yeah, we we took that and then we started doing shows. And you could talk about our first match. Yeah, I uh, so I had started training with um, these guys in the Bronx. Um, they, it was a tag team from back in the day called All Money Is Legal. Shout out to those du- those dudes. Um, but um, yeah, I was training with them, and and one day they told me, "Yo, we really like your stuff, and what you could do? Do you have a partner? Try and see if if uh, we could have a match or whatever." And I go, "Actually, I do." Oh, <laughs> and this was before What's we. This even guy spoke. I know from the bookstore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah this guy from How the weird, right? <laughs> but uh, so yeah, and then I was like, "Yeah, I'll let's let's do it." Yeah. So then I went home, and right away I'm calling this guy, right. And I must have called him maybe like 27 times. I was sleeping. He was asleep, right? <laughs> I was sleeping. And I'm like... Middle of the day. Okay. Oh, yeah, I was going to ask, what this, time of day was it? Yeah, it it wasn't day. even that late. Yeah, it wasn't that late. All, was it was maybe like 7 p.m. But I was... I was going through a hard time at that point in time. Yo, I was like, I was honestly, I was like, if this motherfucker does not answer the phone, we're going to have a problem. Yeah. So I ended up calling one of our other mutual friends and I was like, yo, you need to either go to his house, bang on his door or try to get him on the phone, call his dad, do something, just get him on the phone. And uh, so, yeah, our, our boy ended up getting in contact with him and pretty much cursed him out. Yep, I got was, death threats. Yeah. And then uh, and it was like, uh, yeah, call, 
call this guy? I called him, and then, yeah, he booked a match for the very next day. I was completely out of shape. I was miserable. Seven months pregnant. Yeah. All 700 pounds. <laughs> yeah. I was pretty big. There was a, the, again, I was going through a rough time at, the, <laughs> at that point in time. But that kind of brought me out of it. That brought me out of my funk, like, doing that match. And, um, you know, like with anything, it, it took time for us to kind of come into our own and get each other's rhythm. But uh, we knew we had something at that point. Like, it worked. It clicked. Uh, we had great chemistry with the guys we worked. And the rest is history. Here we are now. Yeah, the New York indie wrestling scene seems to be very tight-knit. Yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah, yes. Talk, 100%. Very. Yeah. Very. Yeah, especially, especially like, with those guys, that the first team that we wrestled, they were a part of a very, like, special class of, of wrestlers during that time in New York yeah. where – New York at, at, at a certain point in time was producing some of the best wrestlers like on the yeah. scene, you know, the amazing red, the yeah. low key, the homicide, the hit squad, all money's legal, SATs, like mm -hmm. just the list went on and on and on. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, those were all guys that we studied, you yeah, know, yeah, and, yeah. and we were like, we want to be the next, the, the next guys, you know what I mean? Yeah. So we, we always kept that in, in our mind and we were like, we got to bust our ass. And those dudes, had to bust their ass even harder you know what right, i mean especially yeah. during the time that they came up in, in the early 2000s it was it was a rough time Fair so yeah. they they really had to grind it out and and you know a lot of them became successful and we were like yo that's that's the path that's yeah. what we want to do and be known as the next generation of new york city guys that that came up and and did something for themselves whatever you know? happened to amazing red i mean oh man he's he's still active kind of semi-active he was up yeah. in seattle he did a match with osprey it was yeah. amazing oh, yeah. yeah yeah oh yeah. so good so like, new japan when they they came and they were doing shows in the states like recently like yeah. right before the pandemic right um uh osprey he came back uh to wrestle uh will osprey in a one-on-one -on -one match and right. it was it was phenomenal. Yeah. You know, it, it was just awesome. Amazing Red is, is still semi-active. He retired for a little while, okay. but he's still kind of wrestling. He just has a bunch of nagging injuries. and I got it. Yeah, but yeah, he, he, he's yeah. still rocking and rolling. And uh, else, he, he did some – some uh, he did kind of a small tour with New Japan when they were in the States. But, uh, yeah, that's where I saw him. One yeah. of the things I love about Red is that he could take as long as a break as he wants <laughs> and, he's, and come back yeah. and shut it down. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. one of those guys and somehow come back better than when he, right. he you know yeah. so it, it's it he's a man yeah, he um he runs a school house of glory we used to wrestle there a lot in new yeah. york um and i think that's a testament to why he stays in such a good shape and he can still go because he i've trained with him a couple of times we both have and he gets in the ring with you he's, he's a hands-on trainer mm -hmm. and he, he's not going to tell you to do something he wouldn't do himself right. and he'll go in and do the drills with you and that's I, why he can still go the way he can right. go mm. but yeah so you talk a little bit about new york indie wrestling kind of the scene and the culture one of the things we saw a lot with when we were asking for questions from people is just the importance that you guys bring with the puerto rican culture and how important that is uh and how so many people appreciate what it is you guys are doing like how important was that to you coming to aew it was uh such a huge deal i've I've always grown up very uh you know proud very uh into my culture and i was always taught that from very young from my family and my grandparents i've been going to puerto rico every year since i was four years old and uh yeah that was something very important to me and and you know like growing up we didn't have a lot of people that we could look up to that looked like us and i always said that you know especially coming from where we come from like we want to be those guys that that people could look at like a lot of kids 
you know coming from the hood uh, they look at and they're like yo if if they were able to do it if they were able to make something of themselves coming from the gutter from nothing why can't we you know what i mean and uh and even more being prena uh proud boricua man like that to me uh, like i just love my culture man like i'm i'm so in love with everything about it the food the music the you know the 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 unity the family just everything man and and i i always wanted to to represent that you know and i, I always felt that i i didn't want to just get into wrestling and just be a character you know what i mean like yeah. i want to have purpose for something that i do i want to i want people to look at us and be like yo these guys are fucking legit you know what i mean and and they represent and they love what they do and they love where they come from and um yeah and 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 again it was just that thing where we didn't have a lot of heroes that looked like us you know what i mean i think the closest thing we had growing up was savio vega and you know he was an animal he was the man you know like one of the best wrestlers ever and um like we wanted to be guys that took it to the next level you know and and just really put it on the map yeah, I think that's a testament to just growing up in New York. Just New York, as you know, if you meet a New Yorker, they're proud to be a New Yorker. Right. And I think Very. that's a, yeah, that's just the, the, the culture of this city because you, it's such a melting pot. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, you go to a certain neighborhood and it's just like you being in another country or you being somewhere else because certain neighborhoods are completely run by like a culture or something like that. But then it's still mixed and very diverse. But everybody walks around and everybody's like proud of where they came from. But they're also proud to be a New Yorker. And I think growing up in in a, a a city like that you can't help it you know that that's who we are you know mm -hmm. we're, we're, we're told to be proud we're told to like wear it on our sleeve literally and yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah and uh we translated it over into wrestling because it was very easy to do because it's you know it, it wasn't fake for me honestly like my my hero and my favorite wrestler growing up always was bret hart and to me bret hart i i, I was never into like the over-the-top characters like Hogan and Warrior and all these guys. Right. The reason why I resonated so much with Bret Hart was because he was him 24-7. He represented his family. He spoke a lot about his family, spoke a lot about his values. A lot. Like, so I was like, that's, that's it right there. Sure. I don't want to be a character. I want to right. make it to where I'm going to make it being me. Right. And that's who Santana is. You know, right. the Santana you see on TV is, is an extension of me, right. you know. The Santana and the Ortiz that we hear on social media are very positive and inspiring. Yeah. So you've taken that. You've yeah. taken your culture. You've taken your, the proudness of your heritage, and you've been able to push that, that message out. That's got to be very important to you guys. Too. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, which is why we initially came up with the name Proud and Powerful. Right. You know, that was basically the whole message behind it. But, yeah, I mean, that's just like a motto, and that's that's what it is. Like, right. we, we did a, a road tour promo kind of where we were – basically explaining that and those were like real words that were coming out of us and we just believe that just be proud of who you are whatever sure. it is whatever your background is whatever it is just be proud and 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 being proud that makes you powerful because mm -hmm. you know you just don't care it's like this is who i am wear your heart on your sleeve and just live it every day f yeah. what everyone else thinks yeah and you know it's it's not easy in social media to weed through the negativity. Yeah. That's another thing. That's another thing. There's yeah. so much negativity on, oh, on social God. media. Yeah. You know what I mean? So much. If, if there was more people sharing positivity and, mm -hmm. and just putting out positive shit, then 
it'd be a, a, a much better place. You know, absolutely, what I mean? world would be a much better place. Oh boy, let's find the, the cesspool of Twitter. <laughs> yeah. cesspool. Amen, buddy. Yeah. Cesspool's a nice word for it. But yeah, a lot of a lot of the stuff that I post on on online and stuff is is also things that help me get through the day. You know, another I, I've day. Always, yeah, another day. I've always been one to uh, to always be open about things that I struggle with, and you know, as far as anxiety and depression and things like that. So, I, I remember as a kid always feeling alone with all that stuff and i vowed you know getting into this and having a platform that i never want someone to feel like that i never want someone to feel alone with any of their issues like we're who we are you see us on tv you see but we're regular people just like you you know and i think that's that's the best thing when you're able to see someone on on a certain stage and you could relate you know i, I think we we uh connect even more with people you know being that way yeah it gives people hope to, that they can manage their anxiety and be like oh this person suffers from anxiety and depression but it's still been able to be successful in life mm -hmm. didn't let them get pigeonholed by that mm -hmm. yeah we're going to go to fan q a here in a minute but one quick story and fans have always asked me my family have always asked me, how do you keep a straight face when you're doing interviews and i say you just kind of you, you do it mm -hmm. but the closest i ever came to breaking up ever was because of this man right here <laughs> really because we're doing this interview and i keep looking and he's staring at me and he's he's not blinking yeah <laughs> i remember the way you're you talking about it <laughs> and i kept going what the fuck <laughs> and i almost, and almost said, almost went stop it <laughs> put the mic down the screen down you. So, I, so wish you I wish you would have he just didn't let go of me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right on, right by the balls, bro. He <laughs> right had by, you. Right by the balls. Bro. He had you. Yeah, he it was had right you. in my face. Okay, fan Q, fan Q and A is coming up next on AEW Unrestricted. AEW Unrestricted. Aubrey, Tony, Santana, Ortiz. We're here. We're talking about tag team wrestling. We're talking about positive shit. We're talking about inspirational shit. We're talking about. Positive, positive shit. Positive shit, shit motherfuckers. Shit. Just yeah. all shit. Just all shit. <laughs> Just all positive, shit. negative, doesn't matter. It's all shit. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of shit, oh, that's a bad segue. We got fan questions. All right. <laughs> First one, uh, actually, really good question. Uh, from Carlos Navarro on Twitter. I would love to ask, how do you feel your wrestling style has changed from EYFBO to LAX to Proud and Powerful? Oof. Um... I would say very early on, obviously with anything, we were just trying to th throw things to the wall and see what would stick. So we definitely, uh, over the years, have condensed our, our, our sequences, the way we move. Like our niche in tag team wrestling is like moving as one unit. Mm -hmm. So we do a lot of combinations to go into things and a lot of, yeah, steps and stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and that's really our bread and butter when we're really rocking and rolling. But over the years, we've no we've noticed and we get better reactions and it's also better for the match and pacing to condense some of it because uh um if you do too much like ba 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 then it's going to be all jumbled up mm -hmm. you kind of have to break it up so the way i look at it is like kind of like putting together a song or a beat you need a good tempo to a match 
and then you kind of bring it up. And you know what I mean? Ideally, you want to end the match at the highest note. But that that came with overtime. At the very beginning, we were just like watching stuff from Japan and Mexico and be like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, exactly. That's cool. Let's do it in the match. And we would do like 50 moves in a match. And then some of it would work. And then we would go, we'll go back now and watch the matches. And then we would cringe at some of the things. But, uh, Definitely, we were we were more more inspired with like lucha in Japan, versus when we started uh, going to LAX and we got to TV. We were like, okay, we, we need to be not characters, but we need to learn how to tell a story differently. Sure. So we were more like brawlers and brutes, and we really got um, I, I don't want to say pigeonholed, but we really got into the groove where we would do matches like the parking lot match, and mm-hmm. I think that's a testament to why the parking lot match came out so good right because in 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 impact we had to do it a lot as lax we were always doing these like blood feud blow-offs all these huge gimmick matches so we really got our to cut our teeth and the the, it all added up to the parking lot match and we were very comfortable in doing so and then here uh we've we've tried to like go back to our roots and do more lucha stuff and we and mix we're we're, just mix it all up yeah we're trying to mix it all up together and we're still you know, finding ourselves. I, I feel like we're still growing as performers and we're still learning on how to do stuff because we we pride ourselves on being like hybrid wrestlers, being able to wrestle. You want us to brawl, we can brawl. You want us to do a very technical match, we can do it. You want us to do a hardcore match, let's rock and roll. And it, yeah, that I would say very early on though, it was very like high flying and that's why he has bad knees and yeah. get destroyed. Like he's toned down a lot. He used to do Phoenix splashes, uh, shooting star press, four fifties. Yeah, he could do that all. Um, but he now do I just, I don't, I don't need to. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Smarter, not harder. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. But one day, one day yeah, you'll, yeah. you'll get a Phoenix Flash out of me. Yeah, like, yeah. Maybe. We toned down the high flying. We changed up our style. And we, I, I feel like we've come into our own. And at, at first we were more imitating what we were seeing rather than creating something new. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Dominic Lalakata. This is number four down oh, on your you. list. Okay. Oh, hey. What are your biggest influences when cutting promos? You're one of my favorites, says Dominic, which is saying a lot when you consider all the great talkers in AEW. Uh, f- for me personally, I, I always just try to speak from the heart and speak from different experiences that I've, I've been through in my life. And right. just uh, that's where I find my passion, yeah. you know, and, and I just in general, I'm a very passionate person about anything that I'm into. So uh, when, you know, especially like recently when we've been doing the stuff with FTR, like a lot of that is real life. Yeah, the press conference. Yeah, yeah, man. A yeah. lot of that stuff yeah. is real life. Things that I really went through, things that I've experienced, and and uh, you know, I I always just try to bring a lot of realism into everything that I do, especially when I talk. And honestly, like I keep a lot of things still locked away mm-hmm. inside that I don't let out. Right. And I use those opportunities to let that out, mm-hmm. just so that I don't it doesn't eat me up. You right. know what I mean? So yeah, I, I take that. advantage of those things and yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that was a beautiful answer and, and very true. But really, it's Eddie Kingston. That's where he gets his promo from. I got you, Eddie. I got you, Eddie. <laughs> what a ball buster. I got buster. you, Eddie. What Eddie a Kingston. ball buster. How much did he pay you to say that? <laughs> he did pay, he paid him a lot. I, I can believe it. Because he'll, he'll brag all day. Yo, I get a paycheck now, baby. I could I could afford shit now. 10%. Yo. I could afford shit now. 730. Yonkers. Got you. What up? Call your mother. <laughs> 
A question from Baron Von Phileth. I feel like I know the answer to this question. If you could win a title in any city or any particular arena, where would it be? Ooh. Um, I mean, well, in New York. New York. <laughs> okay. Madison so, Square Garden. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, AEW Tag Team uh, Champions. Uh, <laughs> wow. 60-minute Iron Man match. That was, Ooh, exactly that was a great Iron question. Match, right? Actually. There it is. That I'm booking awesome. it. Yeah. <laughs> you booked it? You're yeah, booking the show it. now. Yeah, a whole last hour of Dynamite, 60 minutes, MSG for oh, the titles. Oh, that'd be great. There you go, buddy. <laughs> Gavin Upright Cartwright. Thanks, Baron Von Philip, for that softball. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Gavin Upright Cartwright. If you had These to splinter away from the... Inner circle, and then start your own faction. Who would you bring in? Oof. And oh. why would it not be Eddie Kingston? Because <laughs> <laughs> he didn't pay I deal, him. We, I, I, didn't pay him first, I deal with him enough. Okay. So I have to deal with him in a faction. We all do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that's that's a, a tough one. Uh, for me, uh, just, just because uh, uh, we were a part of a um, – an uh, indie promotion called Beyond Wrestling, and we were part of a stable there that we really cut our teeth on the indies called uh, Team Pazuzu. Mm -hmm. Pazuzu being the uh, uh, demon from The Exorcist. Uh, and yeah, we're fans of horror movies and uh, stuff like that. So we decided to go with Pazuzu. Well, they kind of already had the name and they, they welcomed us in. And really their their goal as a, as a unit, they always said, uh, like all of them combined, where they just, they saw something in us, two particular, in the independence at the time, to get us into places and really get us to cut our teeth. So I would say Chris Dickinson, Jaka, and uh, Pinky Sanchez, even though that would be insane. But <laughs> so every you. time I love you, Carlos. Every, yeah. So every time you've, you've heard us mention Carlos and yeah. and getting great deals from Carlos, yeah, that's yeah. a shout out to our boy Pinky yeah, Sanchez yeah, yeah. that we always. A anyone yeah. follow the inner circle that we have yeah. Loquito from 125th. His name is Carlos. <laughs> that that was him. He's Carlos from 125th. Yeah. yeah. He's 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 uh, uh I love him. He's he's a he's a great person. He's a he's a special yeah. soul. He helped us very early on in our career. But I would bring them in Team Pazuzu all day. That's what I would bring in if I if I could bring in a faction if I had it my way. Question from Tony, not that one or the other no. one, but Tony on Twitter. In your social handles, one of you has proud and the other one has powerful. And is there a reason that one went with one and one went with the other? He's more proud and I'm more powerful. Oh, that works. There you go. Another yeah. softball question. Well, <laughs> here we go. There, that was a great question. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Tommy Tongues. Had to, work, had to work hard for that handle. Oh. Anybody. Hey, buddy. Okay. Buy me a drink first next time. Do please. you have post-match rituals? Hmm. Post-match post rituals. You used to? I used to, yeah. So when we were at Impact or on the Indies and stuff, I had this deal where after every single match, I needed to have two cold-ass beers. Not one. But two. What, what kind of beer? Are we talking like Any a PBR? Are we talking Any, like an IPA? Whatever was Any, available. Whatever is, whatever's clever. They I'm not, I'm not a picky cold. person. Yeah. Okay. They just had to be cold and fill me up. So, yeah, yeah that, was, that was my ritual then. But I don't, I don't drink as much anymore. And uh, yeah, yeah, we don't really have too many pre-match rituals. We uh, uh, Pre-match rituals we do, but not post-match. Yeah. yeah. What kind of pre-match stuff do you have? Pre-match, um, we kind of get in the zone. We'll, 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 we'll talk hype to each other. other we'll up, hype yeah. each other up. Well, we'll get each other into the zone and, you know, we'll look at each other and be like, 
because pretty much know, a sorry to cut you no, off, but ahead. pretty much a reminder as to why we fucking do this, right? Yeah, and and like why we're here kind of like a slap to the face but we're not really slapping each other i've slapped them a few times i've seen it i've seen it 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 hurts um (laughs) (laughs) um, but we'll look at each other and like you know i scream the best the best the best as a a tagline but we really mean it and and uh, we've said it in promos but i really mean this it's like we don't say things just to say them like we really want to be the best acting we really like when it's all said and done our biggest goals in our career is to 20 years from now have people go back and watch our matches for inspiration like go back and be like like we left enough of a significant impact in tag team wrestling Mm -hmm. that people want to go back and study us like we go back and watch rock and roll express or the midnight express or the killer bees and we go back watch arn and 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 tully or arn and his brother like going back and watching those matches for inspiration we want the next generation to to do just leave something behind yeah Yeah. yeah, just Leave leave something behind. And that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's good make stuff. what you have meaningful. Yeah, exactly. And uh, hopefully be like Robert and Ricky and wrestling in our sixties. You could wrestle. Yeah. In their 60s. They're in their seventies. Doing doing Canadian. <laughs> 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 mean just doing Canadian uh, destroyers yeah, over people yeah. at Indies. Hey man. Hey, you know hey, what? Man. So my goal in wrestling is to, to, go, to <laughs> so I want to fast forward twenty years from now, so okay. we can do the "You Still Got It" tour. All I got to do is throw a couple of arm drags, hit a drop kick. You still got it. That's it. (laughs) All the work is done. Oh, man. Then you sell like Steamboat around the ring a little bit. You get your ass kicked. (laughs) Boom. He runs the comeback because he's definitely Robert all day. And yeah. Good luck getting me out the house <laughs> at 60 <laughs> I barely like to get out the house now. Yeah, so. he, he ain't doing that. I think he got a problem. It'll be a yeah. good payday, brother. I got you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you got a question from uh, J-Mac. How much of an influence did Conan have on both of you throughout your wrestling career? Ooh, huge. A lot. He, he taught us how to be TV wrestlers, really, um, because we were independent wrestlers when we first came into uh, Impact. And um, he really told us about a lot about like how to do business backstage, um, ways to improve our character. Because I, as LAX, I mean, I can channel that angry side, that serious side of me. But like I said, I came off the independence being like a clown character and really just being myself and just like letting loose and being very flamboyant. So I kind of had to do a switch and be more of like the angry teenage me, but find a way to, to make it. And uh, he was obviously more comfortable in that role because he he was already the straight-laced guy. So for me, it was a learning curve to kind of go into a more serious uh, route, which I'm still struggling with now today, and I'm still trying to work on that. But, uh, yeah, he was a, a huge influence. He still continues to be influenced. We still talk to him. Obviously, he's, right. he's been with us on yeah. TV recently. But even before that, we, we were in contact with him. We'll hit him up, and he'll yell at me about to, to get pictures for my son. And, yeah, he's very much a part of our lives and, um, and still is, continues to be an influence. And we'll yeah. still ask him for advice. We'll be like, hey, did you watch our match? Can you go back and, and like, yeah. you know, let us know this, this, and that? And obviously, he's, he's one of the true greats on the mic. Like, he's yes, impeccable he on the mic. Oh. Yes, he is. Um, he mold, he he he's the one who got us TV ready. Yeah, much. yeah. he really did. He was the guy. Yeah, yeah. What a mega star! People don't realize. Yep, just a mega star. Rick Giles, very deep question here. Uh, coming from the hood myself, he says, "I wanted to know how y'all stayed away from the guns and drugs because in that environment we typically get pulled in that direction." Backyard wrestling. Yeah, um, for me, you know, I. I got caught up as as a kid, as a teenager. You know, I I, I had a very 
volatile and, and crazy home life. So I did anything not to be home. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that, I, you know, I got involved in gangs and, and in the street and stuff like that and experienced a lot of things and, and did a lot of stupid shit that I, I, you know, I still regret to this day, but it is what it is. You know, right. it, it made me who I am. I sure. learned from it and I grew as a person. But um, honestly, it was a particular moment for me that really made me just turn everything around where, you know, I was involved in a gang and, and at the time, you know, a situation happened that had to be handled and uh, they sent me to go handle it. And I was maybe 15 years old mm-hmm. Damn. and I, I found myself on a street corner holding a gun ready to, you know, shoot up a block. You know, that was real talk. And uh, I was with two other gang members and right when we were about to pull up to the block and and handle business i turned around and those two guys were gone and i was in a rival gang's neighborhood by myself oh no and um at that moment i was just like this is it i need to i need to go you know and uh that moment changed my life yeah damn yeah and then we met through backyard wrestling. Yeah, we we started backyard wrestling, and then he in, went the completely opposite way. We got obsessed with wrestling. He found a wrestling school. I found a wrestling school, and right. yeah, it, it completely kept me out of it. He had his experience, but really, of course, I was around it, you know, growing mm-hmm. up. But I stood away from it because all I wanted to do was watch wrestling and and go wrestle with my friends every Saturday. We would wrestle rain, sleet, or snow, and we yeah. would go and we we aired our stuff on Manhattan Public Access Television, and mm. you know, that was our thing. That's right. where, that was our outlet. Sure. And yep. Everything else didn't matter. We didn't care about whatever, and that's why we would go even if it was snowing, even if it was raining. We went to the park every Saturday, and, and we wrestled, and we had a great time. Shout Just out. Our friends. Shout yeah. out to KW, yo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, last question, really deep question, very important. This is for our tease. Kamasori Hanzo asks, how do you feel about the Varsity Bonds claiming to have the best hair in professional wrestling? We got beef. He I got didn't beef. know they were claiming that. Oh, yeah. Griffin <laughs> Hillman? They say they have the best hair. Yeah. Well, I can What about that. Jungle Boy? Yeah, I can answer I mean, that. Jungle Boy actually does have the best hair. <laughs> I can answer like, that yeah, they ain't fucking. <laughs> there you go. That's the best hair. There you go. Okay, for you '70s Yankees fans, when I saw that hair, I went Oscar Gamble. <laughs> Not everybody got that, but '70s Yankees fans would. Oh gosh, thanks a lot, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. This Tony. has been great. Yeah, it, it, it was a pleasure sitting yeah. with you guys and just you. Finally. You're, yeah. Right. Like literally every three months, Santana texts me and goes, "So why am I not on your podcast yet?" Sounds yeah, cool. I, and I, I come up like, with some know. excuse, and I normally blame Shivani. Yeah, but eventually it finally happened. I told you. I was starting to take it personal. It's okay. We got heat. <laughs> Clearly, yeah, Tony, we have heat. Yeah. <laughs> Tony, thank you for being one of the voices of our our, our well, generation. And yes, our, you know I'm what I mean. Excited that you guys who are so talented are now seen by millions of people. Yes, thank I, you. I'm, I'm really excited about that. I people really are buying your thank fucking you. action figures in stores. That's insane. That's wild. Insane. It's the wildest thing ever. Yeah. Every time someone tags me and be like, "Hey, I just got your action figure," I'm like, "Wow." Yeah. It's yeah. insane. I know. Yeah. It's, a, it's definitely a yeah. cool yeah. feeling, man. Thanks a lot, man. Thank, Thank you. Guys. Okay, so you can uh, follow them on Instagram at Santana underscore proud and Ortiz underscore powerful. Mm. And you can listen to follow this podcast, AEW Unrestricted. And if you watch the video version, you can see all of Aubrey's silly hand gestures because they sometimes really suck. No, No, you can listen free, follow this podcast, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a rating. Please. And review. Review. Okay. And if you're a troll, 
Fuck off. Go fuck yourself. Okay, thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Mondays, you can watch AEW Dark Elevation on YouTube. Yes. On Tuesdays, you can watch AEW Dark on YouTube. Wednesdays, you can watch Dynamite, Mm -hmm. 8 o'clock, 7 central on TNT. And now you can watch Rampage on Fridays. That's right. 10 o'clock, TNT. We're on four days a week, motherfuckers. It'll be seven days a week. Oh, God, really? Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. (laughs) So tired. (laughs) Let's Let's do it. Thanks a lot for being with us. Tony Schiavone for Santana and Ortiz. And this is... Aubrey Edwards. Bye, guys. Oh, come on, throw your hands up. Let me see you. Unrestricted.